how would you like to increase your traffic to your business by 1300%? Hey, this is Jerry Krause, host of the Buying Online Businesses podcast. And in this episode, I'm speaking with Nathan Gotch, who went from 40,000 in debt to building a seven figure SEO business and now is the head coach and trainer inside his SEO program, where he's helped thousands of businesses achieve first page rankings on Google. In this podcast episode, Nathan and I talk about specifically how he was able to get a 1300% increase in traffic to a client's website within 12 months. We break down why you should stop gaming Google, why you should stop, stop trying to play against Google and join Google's site and give them what they want so you can have less stress in your business and actually earn more money. Nathan also breaks down his IRT keyword research method. Now, I'm going to give you a hint here for the first two. I stands for intent and R stands for relevancy. So come in listen to the podcast and learn how valuable Nathan's keyword research process actually is and why so much of his team spends so long focusing on the keyword research before they go anywhere else in terms of content creation. We also talk about how to structure a content cluster, what a content cluster is, why you should have a content cluster as well. Then we move into increasing publishing velocity. How much, how many articles should you be publishing? And then we talk about backlinks, why we actually need backlinks and how they can help our site grow, help build the authority of our website and why it's critical to have backlinks to gain rankings and get ranked you know, on the top of Google for, our different, for different articles and for our main page on our site as well. I also asked Nathan a very important question around tracking our top performing articles because once we've got top performing articles and we spent a lot of money and a lot of resources on having a top performing article, we want to make sure we don't lose that ranking. So I asked Nathan, how do we track our top articles to keep those rankings and what are some of the things that we need to be looking at in terms of KPIs to track those articles. We also talk about Nathan's favorite tools, why he uses them, why he would suggest those to you as uh, an online business owner or, or an SEO or wanting to be uh, a beginner SEO. So there's so much in this podcast episode that is incredibly valuable. Go away, enjoy. Do you want to build or grow your content website? Niche website builders have helped hundreds of people to take their content websites from a few hundred dollars per month to over tens of thousands of dollars per month with crafted content creation buying age domains and link building strategies. These strategies have helped people increase their traffic, authority, monthly earnings, and their website valuation too. Head to nichewebsite.builders forward slash B-O-B forward slash to get 10% off any link building or 10% more from their content creation services. That's nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob forward slash. I'll put a link in the description too. Nathan, thank you so much for coming on the Buying Online Business Podcast. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. We just had a great little chat prior to hitting the record buttons and I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to chat to you about SEO and, and some of the things that you'd have done, seen and helped people with workarounds. Uh, because SEO is like an ever-evolving thing and there's always things to be changed, right? Yeah, as far as uh, you're breaking up a little bit, but I'm assuming you said SEO, correct? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. So um, SEO, I mean, obviously it's, I've been doing this since 2011. So I've been through many cycles as far as uh, algorithm changes and uh, all kinds of fun stuff. And, um, you know, yes, things change, but a lot of things don't change at all. Um, and that's what I've kind of found. There's just certain core pillars that don't, you know, have, have pretty much stayed the same since I started this, this game. So um, we can get into what those core pillars are if you want as well. But um, one thing I'll say is, you know, uh, not chasing algorithms has been one of the best decisions I've made um, in my career. So yeah, I used to, I used to play, you know, play that game for a long time. And uh, when I stopped doing that and I just focused on actually creating real value, uh, I've never, you know, I haven't lost any, any sleep because of SEO any longer. And I used to use, lose a lot of sleep because of SEO, uh, mainly because I was doing pretty sketchy stuff. So <laughs> we're talking black hat stuff. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's funny. It's funny when you put yourself in a different mindset around SEO, when you can be so in the game of having to try and try and win the game and and have to work really really hard to do all these tricks and tactics and weird strategies to to get as much as you can from the game but there's other things in play outside of the game that allow you to play at a, a different type of game in the long-term game and win with a lot less work and a lot less stress right and I see that in all areas of business and all areas of life. Uh, so tell me about that because I, I do want to get into, you know, some of the things that you've done and, and case studies you've helped to increase people's traffic and all that sort of stuff that people want to hear. But I think this is, is quite critical and quite key, especially for people that are looking to buy a business and they get sucked into, sucked into the whole of the SEO world and just end up ripping their hair out. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're in the business of buying businesses um, and your online business in particular, which I'm assuming you're talking about, a website that has organic traffic is extremely valuable. So, I mean, if we think about any other type of traffic that you can have, organic traffic from Google or organic traffic from YouTube in particular as well, like two of the best traffic sources that a website can have. Um, and so, and I'm speaking from experience with my own business, like most of my leads come from Google and YouTube. Um, and so, you know, if, if you can have, if you have a situation like that, where a business has both of those channels, uh, working, you're doing pretty well, but yeah, I mean, one of the key things is like, if you're looking, if you're analyzing a business, or you're trying to vet a website that you want to acquire, like you need to see how they got that organic traffic. Um, and you know, people who are doing gray hat SEO, uh, if they're doing it well, you're not going to know a lot of those things that are going on behind the scenes. So like, for example, uh, if they have a private blog network that they've been using to drive the performance, mm. uh, if they've done a good job, they'll hide it all crawlers from accessing, you know, those, those websites. So for example, you could throw that website into Ahrefs or SEMrush or any of these tools and it won't show that they have bad links or, uh, artificial links because they've blocked the crawlers. So, um, so, but then, you know, as you get into the, the vetting discussion, you'll, you'll probably learn like, oh yeah, we have been using a, a private blog network. Um, so if I was acquiring a business, I would never acquire it if they were using gray hat SEO, because mm -hmm. yes, that organic search traffic might be there right now, but in a year, two years, who knows how long it will take that could fall off a cliff. Um, and you know, eventually everyone gets caught, right? It's like all criminals, pretty much they pretty much all criminals end up getting caught eventually, right? They may get away with it for a long time. Not saying it's a criminal practice to do gray hat SEO, but still the analogy. 
um, it's you eventually do get nailed. And I've been nailed many, many times, and that's why I got away from it. Um, in fact, uh, 2015, there was a big, big update uh, where Google basically targeted private blog networks specifically, um, and it destroyed a lot of people, especially me in particular, because um, I had a network of, I don't know, maybe 150 websites uh, that I would use to link to our niche sites, to our client sites. I left massive footprints and like I was good at it. I was good at hiding it from the crawlers and doing my best, but I got lazy and I started linking a lot of the same sites on, on these networks. And literally I woke up one day, I looked at my phone and I was like, oh, wow. I had manual actions from Google and Google search console on all of my client sites, my business oh. site, like everything, manual action, manual action, manual action. I was like, oh, I'm done. Like I was, I was about to just pack my bags, shut my business down. I was like, that's it. Like, what, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I was, I was, I literally thought I was done for. Um, and so what I did is I uh, stressed out for a while, but then I got down to work. I was like, all right, how am I going to fix this? Um, and the first thing was I declared, I'm not doing this ever again. That was the first thing. Right. So, you know, like, you know, there, there's this quote from Warren Buffett where he's like, if you want to get out of a ditch, like, how do you get out of a ditch? Well, you stop digging. So that's for me, that was like the first thing, like, I'm going to stop digging a hole. Uh, that's step one. Step two is I'm going to figure out how to get these manual actions removed. Um, and fortunately I was able to get all of them removed and I didn't lose a single client, believe it or not. Um, and all I did was I just literally removed all these PBN links from all of these websites. Um, and I saw a decline in performance, obviously, because losing any type of link can be detrimental. Um, mm. but yeah, I mean, that was, that was like really the uh, game changing experience for me to, uh, transition to what people would deem more white hat SEO. I don't really believe in the whole, you know, gray, black, white, white hat, whatever. For me, my philosophy on SEO is just content centric. So that's really what I care about is like making content, the foundation of everything that we do. Um, and so making that transition was not easy because I had no clue how to actually do SEO. All I knew was how to manipulate an algorithm. Um, so it took me a long time to figure that out. But now, obviously, um, we can talk about that. So yeah, it's it's funny you use the the criminal analogy trying to game the system. And if you you know if we think about a criminal, they're trying all the things they can do to get away with uh, illegal activity right and not get caught whereas you could do that say if you are a criminal and you could make money but you've got this one big cloud hanging over you which is the law that's eventually it's going to come and get you uh and you could take yourself out of that right and work within the law have less stress and you can even end up making far more money within the law and if you think about the law being google because you're playing by their rules i would say usually if you put your if you give them what they want within their rules you don't have to worry about that and you can end up making far more money with less stress is that what you're sort of hinting at? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I walk a fine line. I don't give Google too much power. Um, I, I don't mm -hmm. believe that they're the god of what I should be doing. No, I, I can still, <laughs> you know, because yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, even even white hat SEOs or <clears throat> anyone doing SEO, of course, is still technically you know manipulating the search engine mm -hmm. to a certain extent, mm -hmm. right? I mean, we're using. We're, we're tapping into factors that influence Google's algorithm. So even, even just doing traditional yeah. SEO, just like even finding a keyword and creating a piece of content around a keyword is technically, you know, you're kind of tapping into their factors. Now, 
course, you're not doing anything unethical or whatever, but, um, mm. but still we're all kind of playing that game a little bit. It's just how, um, <clears throat> how, how much risk do you want uh, in that yeah. game? So, and how much emphasis uh, do you put on that in terms of like, do you wreck your content and the quality of it just for SEO? <laughs> right? right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, yeah, we can get into that, obviously what, what quality looks like in SEO, but I'll, I'll let you keep going. <laughs> No, well, that's where I, that's where I do want to get into it because you you've said before your main focus is is on content, right? And if you if you're gonna do if you're gonna give a great service to people, you're gonna put great content out there. Um, you're going to you, you're gonna be rewarded by the universe um, by by making more money uh, and helping people more, right? So the direct correlation of like how how much you serve is how much do you get back as well. Uh, so let's talk about quality content. Let's use it in the in the in the sense that we refer back to one of your case studies that you mentioned to me before we hit the record buttons. You said you've been able to you've got lots of case studies, which is excellent and congratulations. But there's one particular one that you've been able to help somebody increase their traffic over a thousand percent. Now, there's a few things that you did to do that. Let's talk about the content quality that you used, and then we'll move into some of the other things. Sure. Yeah. So it's actually, I, I didn't mention one part of that when we were initially talking about that campaign, but uh, when we first brought this client on, um, and just to give a little bit of background, this client is uh, a media company in the legal space, which is very competitive. Anything in regards to law mm. is just very competitive uh, from an SEO perspective. Um, so their website was interesting because they had 5,000 pieces of content when we first started. So they had 5,000 pieces of content on their blog and no organic traffic. So just imagine, like, how's that possible? (laughs) Yes. So it's a very odd thing. But the reason (laughs) is because all of the content was just, uh, for a lack of a better word, kind of trash. You know, it just, it was just not, not, built for SEO, Valuable. not, not adding value. Um, <clears throat> just so many problems with it. Thin duplicate keyword cannibalization, every possible wow. thing that you could identify in a content audit, they had it. So it was mm. a decision for us that we're going to just prune everything. We're just going to, we're just going to start fresh basically is, was the, the philosophy. So that's what we did. We ended up deleting things like 90% of the content. So we deleted like, you know, I don't know, 4,000 pieces of content in about a couple months. Hmm. Um, and so that was the, that was stage one is like, let's start fresh. Okay. So we're going to start fresh. We're going to work with a good strategy and we're going to do this the right way. So clean that up, prune the content, let Google crawl and, you know, re-index all that, get it, get it out of the index, uh, and, and make the website more lean. So that was the first, first step. Second step was we need to make the website incredibly blazing fast. Uh, and that's because it's a media site, they're content driven, content centric, like we're talking about here. So the content needs to be delivered fast and have a great user experience. So all we did is we just used uh, Google AMP, which, uh, you know, we talked about is accelerated mobile pages. Uh, but you, we did it in a unique way. We didn't just do it for mobile. We did it site wide for desktop as well. So no matter what, you know, where you land on that site, whether on desktop or mobile, it's still an AMP based website. Um, and so just by doing that one implementation, they went from, you know, Google, uh, Google page speed insight score core web vitals from like, a you know, maybe 30 up to a hundred, like solid 100 on across almost every, every page. So that was kind of the foundational stuff is like, clean it up, get it fast. And now we talk about content, um, and content for us, we have a you know, process built, uh, for that, which, 
you know, the keyword research process is absolutely critical. Uh, so we start there, we find keywords that have really good intent. We like to start kind of bottom of the funnel, work our way up as far as intent. Mm -hmm. uh, we can talk more mm -hmm. about intent if you want to get more granular. Um, but then once you figured out the right keywords to target based on their website authority, based on the intent, um, based on how many links we're going to need to rank, then we can actually create that content. Um, and so we, you know, we, it's just a matter of creating it and ultimately increasing the publishing velocity. So over time, we want to be publishing more and more pieces of content. The more content we can get out there, the more uh, topical authority and relevance we can build. In theory, we will get more organic traffic. Now, if you just do those three things and you do those really well, you can get SEO performance. You can get more organic traffic. You got to have that last piece, which is the link building. So a lot of people can do those three things pretty well, but if you don't have the link building, it's going to take a very long time. So the link building is like pouring, you know, pouring gas on the fire. Right. And that's mm -hmm. so what we do is we go and we start acquiring editorial links to this new content, you know, every single month edit editorial links, editorial links. Um, and, and the result is, you know, within the first, I think within the first six months, we grew the traffic by, you know, it's like 500%. And now they're up, you know, I don't know, something insane, 1300% or something at this point uh, in a year. So, um, and wow. that's from not getting organic traffic for five, six years. So, you know, it's a pretty big increase. Um, and we didn't do anything yeah. super crazy. So we can get into that. So I do want to come back to intent because intent is, uh, I understand the concept of intent, but I'd like to hear it from you in terms of when you're looking for a high intent keyword, the ideology around it is that the person searching for that type of keyword has a high intent of solving a problem or purchasing a product, right? So what sort of, is that, yes. is that the route that you would explain it and why would they need a high intent keyword? Yeah. So we, so intent is a huge piece of like our keyword research process. In fact, it, it basically, mm -hmm. um, gives us our direction of how we're going to go. Um, so like within our keyword research process, um, depending on the intent of the keyword, if it has good commercial or transactional intent, it will get a higher score compared to if it just has informational intent. So let's do kind of more like mm. a practical example here. So let's say, yeah. um, let's say it was a Los Angeles personal injury lawyer. Okay. So a transactional bottom on the funnel keyword with high intent would be Los Angeles personal injury lawyer, Los Angeles car accident lawyer. Uh, that would be, you know, bottom middle to bottom of the funnel. It's technically not all the way down and transactional because it's not brand specific. Um, so actually this, let me, let me do a different example. Cause it'd be a little, a little bit easier. Uh, so let's do SEMrush. I mean, everyone knows who SEMrush is, Ahrefs, yeah. whatever. Uh, so yeah. in the case of SEMrush, we'll start, we'll start top of the funnel and work our way down. So top of the funnel keywords for SEMrush that would be really valuable would be what is SEO. Okay. Um, now that's an informational intent based keyword. Yes, it's relevant to what they do, but it's not going to drive direct conversions. Very rarely do informational keywords drive direct conversions. You're looking at sub 1% conversion. Yeah. I want to pause there and add to that, sure. if I may. The reason why it's not a high intent keyword for people listening, and this is, I think this is quite critical, Nathan, and I apologize for, for jumping in, but the reason it's not a high intent keyword is because the person that's searching for that keyword, that are, they're at a different stage in their journey. They're basically finding out what SEO is. Whereas when you get to uh, the different part of the funnel with different types of keywords with higher intent, they're going to be people that are closer towards 
purchasing or working with SEM Rush. Would you say that's correct? Exactly. That, yeah, that okay. is, yes, that is correct. Yeah. And it's the reason why it's so important to understand is that I'll kind of walk through the funnel of how that would look, yeah. but it's Thanks. depending on the intent that allows us to decide what that page should look like. Right. So mm-hmm. if it's what is SEO or uh, how do I do SEO? We're going to deliver blog content that is informational in nature and is educational in nature because someone at that stage is not ready to buy anything. They're just look, mm. they're trying to, they're in the learning and the education phase. Now, once they get to the site, you can move them down further the funnel. But as far as like looking at it just from pure organic search traffic, they're just top of the funnel. Uh, more than likely, they'll be they'll bounce right. So like eighty percent of visitors never come back to a website. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's why there's other things we can talk about, like make sure you have retargeting in place and XYZ, try to get them on your email list, things of mm-hmm. that nature. But go back to SEO. You know, we have top of the funnels informational. Next phase of this process is going to be more uh, in the investigative phase. Right. So maybe what they do is they, after they, they search what is SEO, let's say it's a business owner, they search what is SEO. Um, then they find out they're like, oh, well, so like, there, there are tools that you can use for SEO. I didn't know that was a thing. So now they search best SEO tools. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, now they're starting, now we're getting somewhere, right? Now we're starting to get closer to what S to, to what SEMrush actually offers. So that's in the investigative phase. Um, now the next two phases are where the magic really starts to happen, which is comparison and then transactional. So comparison are really, really good queries because now it's going to be brand specific. Because what will happen is when they land on, uh, let's say it's a blog post showing the, the top 10 SEO tools, you know, it's going to show SEMrush, it's going to show Ahrefs, it's going to show Moz, uh, and now they're brand aware, right? So before they weren't brand aware, they just knew about the general problem that they were trying to solve. Now they're brand aware. Yeah. So next phase is the clear next phase is, okay, SEMrush versus Ahrefs, SEMrush review, uh, you know, that those types of queries, which are more review like or comparison like, and now we're really getting towards mm-hmm. the bottom. Uh, last phase of this, which is you know now they've decided that SEMrush is a good fit for them, they're going to look for SEMrush free trial, okay, or SEMrush coupon code. And so at that point, mm-hmm. we're very bottom on the funnel. They are ready to go. They are blazing yes. hot. Um, and so that's the way that I we try to map it out. Um, and it, it's every industry is different and depending on the business model. So like that was a SaaS model, the way it happens in e-com, like if you're selling shoes, it'd be very different. You know, it's always going to be different, but the general concept of the funnel from an you know, organic search perspective is game changing, honestly. So it is, it, I want to, I want to tie this in with another sort of strategy or concept uh, that other SEOs use and a lot of people in our space talk about is using like uh, a silo uh, and mm-hmm. using that same method of, of keyword research, um, top of funnel, middle funnel, bottom of a funnel, but you could incorporate that with a, with a silo or people that don't know what a silo is, basically a structure of how you create your content with a pillar pillar article and then different articles around it that can be supporting articles. There's different names and different terminologies that people will use. So uh, it depends on what, you know, people click with, with what I've just said, which is why I've thrown out a bunch of different terms. Uh, But my question to you, Nathan, is that when you go through this process of finding the different intent keywords through top of funnel all the way to the bottom of funnel, uh, can you, are you saying, the first keyword that's not so high intent is what is SEO. 
would that be a pillar article? And then as you go through those other articles that you just go down with the, the have higher intent, would they be more supporting articles that would be internally linked from that pillar article that is a low intent keyword? Uh, yeah. I know that's I mean, a big that's question there. There's a lot in yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> it is. No, but what you're describing is really the, the concept of what I call it clustering. You know, a lot of people call it siloing, but I call it clustering. Yeah. yeah. And right. the reason for that, because visually it makes a little more sense to me. So like, mm-hmm. for example, if we, if we looked at, uh, let's just say the topic of SEO, first of all, none of us would be able to rank for SEO at this point. <laughs> if it, it'd be an impossible task and it's a bad keyword <laughs> to target, but let's just say, SEO is the middle, okay? And then we build out these supporting assets around SEO that go deeper and deeper into the sales funnel. So you would have maybe SEO strategy, link building, backlinks, like all of these different supporting topics to build upon. But what Mm. we do, one one huge mistake that people will make though, is they, they look at the funnel and what tends to happen when people do SEO is they immediately go to the top of the funnel and they start focusing on Mm. brand awareness based keywords. Big mistake. Mm. That's one of the biggest mistakes that people make because the goal of doing SEO is to make money. Okay. (laughs) So uh, at least for most people, okay. Of course there's reputation management and and other uh, disciplines within SEO, but for the most part, most businesses are doing SEO because they want to get an ROI. They want to make money. So when we're working with clients, like that's why we start at the bottom of the funnel, because those keywords, we know if we rank for those keywords, they're going to see an immediate increase in, in revenue, um, which is really what we want. So in the case of, you know, SEMrush was our client that we would live and breathe at that bottom of the funnel until we completely got it um, nailed down. Uh, but with mm. that said, what's fascinating by doing that is it actually, what tends to happen is like, let's say we wanted to rank for best SEO tools. Uh, that's a keyword that we want to target because it's super important to us. Um, if you want to rank for that, you're going to have to create supporting assets to build topical authority and trust to rank for it. So what tends to happen is even when you do target the middle of the funnel or the bottom of the funnel keyword, you still have to go up the funnel anyway to build out those supporting assets like you're describing as far as clustering. So mm-hmm. these things are all intertwined. Um, but as far as internal linking, like the, everything should be linked together, um, everything, as much as you can. So that helps as well. Yeah, yeah, because that's another piece of the puzzle. Like there's so many pieces of the puzzle here when we talk about doing keyword research, people may find a keyword, but they can't actually, they'll create a piece of content for that, but they won't rank for that because their site doesn't have the authority uh, or the big enough brand or whatever you want to call it in that niche or space to be able to rank for that um, compared yeah. to what say a competitor that does have the authority would. So that's, that's a very, I'm glad that you brought that up. So go on. Yo, I was just going to mention one point on that because you meant you brought something very important and I don't, I don't want to, um, give misinformation because I'm focusing heavily on intent, but intent is just one piece of the keyword qualification process. So intent is just giving us kind of like, uh, the direction that we want to go in our way to kind of score these keywords ultimately. But like Mm -hmm. in, in my keyword research process, we have, we have the IRT score. So intent, relevance, and trend. Uh, and that's kind of like the first thing that we look at. So, you know, what is the intent? If it has good transactional intent, it gets a higher score. If it has informational intent, it gets a lower score. Uh, then the relevance. So that's very important. It's not the relevance of the keyword to the business. It's the relevance of the keyword to what they offer. 
So in the mm-hmm. case of my business, you know, I sell SEO training. So anything like Boston SEO training, you know, local types of training like that is extremely relevant to my core offer. Now, our SEO tools, the keyword, is that relevant to my core offer? Mm, it's not, it's not directly relevant to what I offer, but it's relevant generally in the same vertical. So it would get a lower score. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's a very important distinction. And then obviously trend as well uh, is looking at like, okay, if you're trying to figure out what keywords best to go after, and they're kind of even on those two first pieces, the one that's trending upward obviously should get the, the priority. That's literally just the first phase of the process. Because then after that, what we have to do is we have to actually see, we have to look at how many links it's going to take to rank, which is one of the biggest variables. Um, because if it's going to take, you know, 300 referring domains to rank for the keyword, it's going to be a money pit. Um, and that's, yeah. that's what you got to be really careful of. So there's a lot that goes into this process of just identifying the right keywords. And most people, you know, keyword research to them is like, you know, throw a website into Ahrefs and like, Hey, this one's got good KD. Let's go, let's go and create a piece of content. But it's not, um, it's not, that's not the way it should be done. Uh, honestly. So, um, yeah, I could spend all day talking about keyword research, but we'll move on. So, yeah, I think maybe we'll come back and we'll, we'll break down some of these in, in further podcasts if you're open to it, because there's, sure. there's so much, like when I hear you say one thing, it's like, that's another universe that I could open up. <laughs> Right. (laughs) For sure. Um, And we could go on for an hour on each one. So let's, let's make this like a, like maybe a a low intent keyword, but cover a lot of broad, a lot of things broadly in this podcast. Uh, So the, once we've got the keyword research done, say we've gone through that whole process and we've done it with different, we know we've added all the pieces of the puzzle within the keyword research together, then we can move on to creating that piece of content. Uh, you mentioned to me that you increased velocity of publishing. What does that look like? So for this person that, you know, you, you know, went from increase their traffic within six months of 500, 500%, and they're up like 1300% over, over a 12 month period. What does, how did you f- start increasing the publishing velocity of content? Why? And then at what stage did you increase it and by how much? Yeah. I mean, it's just a matter of resources typically. So, I mean, it's, you know, some businesses have more resources to dedicate to to copywriting. Yes. (laughs) They have more money to spend. Exactly. So, um, so it depends on the budget that we're working with, with the client. Um, it also depends on the, the infrastructure of their team as well. So Mm -hmm. in the case of this, this particular client, he has a lot of subject matter experts, um, that can write content. So we kind of, we had an advantage in that way. So all we had to do was just basically feed the machine and they can start pumping them out the way that we want them to be pumped out. Right. So we're giving Mm -hmm. them, we're giving them the SEO content briefs. We're building those out and then we're handing those off to subject matter um, experts to write that content. And then we Mm -hmm. optimize the content on the back end. Right. So it's kind of, we're working together to get that published. Um, And then it's a matter of just like seeing how, how much can we do for the first month and for like, okay, that wasn't too bad. Now let's increase it by a little bit and, you know, an extra piece a week, or it's just a slow iterative process over time to see how far can we go. Um, but the goal is like, we want to, we want to build topical authority and relevance as fast as possible. Like that's our goal is to build that up very quick. Um, and then also at the same time we get in the link building, but having the links to support those assets as, you know, at the same, at the same speed. 
Yeah, okay. So you also talked, and I want to get into link building as well. You also talked about each piece of content to get it ranked, it may need a certain amount of links. Um, so a certain amount of authority sort of injected into that piece of content with those types of yes. links that have authority, right? So <clears throat> with what would it look like for somebody that has that it doesn't have that much resources, limited resources versus somebody that has a little bit of resources versus somebody that has a lot of resources. So people on their journey that they're listening, they're going, all right, I'm at this phase and this is what I should be doing with my content creation velocity and, uh, and links. Yeah. I mean, if it's a, if it's a budget discussion, then I mean, let's say you don't have a big budget for link building, then obviously you're going to want to spend most of your time and effort on content, but more importantly, mm -hmm. focusing on keywords that you can really rank for without having a lot of authority. So right. easiest thing to do is, is find those keywords that have the low KD because with, with Ahrefs in particular, you could use SEMrush as well. They have their own KD metric. Um, but looking at those keywords that are technically easier and, and making that your focus in the beginning, um, because it's hard to rank without links, especially when you start to get a little more competitive. Um, and also it's important to mention that let's say you do have a little bit of budget you can dedicate to link building. Before you build any links, the very first thing you have to do is figure out what are the gaps between you and the competitors. So mm. a lot of people will go into Ahrefs, they'll see, okay, this, this keyword has a, a 5KD, so I'm going to need, I don't know, four or five referring domains to rank. Okay, yeah, that seems, that seems like a good idea. It doesn't seem too bad. But they neglect the fact that the websites that are ranking have incredibly high website authority. Okay, so Ahrefs, Ahrefs metric... The KD is just measuring page, you know, the links going to the page itself, the, the websites, the pages that are ranking for that keyword. It isn't measuring the overall the website AI. authority. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so we have to look at both. You have to see, okay, what is our website authority compared to the competitors first? <laughs> so we need to see that first. If that gap is big, then you're going to have to acquire more links on the page level to make up that gap, right? So mm -hmm. it, it's not a, it's not an exact like equation with KD. We're like, okay, I need five referring domains. I get five referring domains and then I'm going to rank. It does not work like that <laughs> unless yeah. you have the authority already, which in a lot of cases you won't. So that's why you have to continually be building the authority of the website at the same time, which can only be done through link building, of course, um, and a matter mm -hmm. of acquiring more referring domains. So you mm -hmm. have to look at both. And so when we're deciding like, okay, is this a good keyword to target? We're looking at, uh, average DR is what we look at in the top 10 for the keyword. So average DR, we compare that against our target website. If, if the gap is really big, then we're like, okay, we got some work to do. If it's not too big, then we're like, okay, we can probably be in the estimate of the estimate that Ahrefs is giving us basically. Mm -hmm. And then we just try to hit that target. Sometimes we get there based on that target. Sometimes we don't. Uh, but you know, we, we can talk a little bit about what you do at certain stages, but ultimately just knowing those two factors is really important. A lot of people just focus on the page level. It's a big mistake. And that's why you'll see some people be like, I followed the KD and I got the amount of links yeah. it said. And then, but they're missing the biggest piece, which by far I'd say out of like, if I had to pick one ranking factor that mattered the most, I would say website authority is probably the most important. Um, it's yeah. absolutely huge. It's huge. So it's, it's, it's funny that people will start a, a website and then they'll just create all this content based off some keyword research and they are like, well, I've created all this content. How come I'm not ranking for it? Well, you don't have an authority uh, and you're right. trying to target keywords that you can't rank for 
and you couldn't rank for unless you do have that authority, which comes from link building. But you've got to have content right. to have to, to, to link to as well for that link building. So there's exactly. multiple, there's, there's so much to it than just, oh, let's follow the formula that I've been, I've, I've heard on a podcast, there's just so much more depth to it, right? Yes, <laughs> to say the least. And in fact, you know, the biggest, the biggest mistakes are made in the research process because if you go and you target keywords that your website isn't capable of ranking for, you're mm -hmm. wasting your time. You're wasting mm -hmm. your time. You're going to waste your money. If you target a keyword that's too competitive and you didn't know it was too competitive, you're just going to dump money into it and you're never going to rank. So mm -hmm. it actually is it actually kills your profit when you make mistakes on the keyword research level. Like it destroys mm -hmm. your profit on the campaign. So that's why like we spend the first month of every campaign just on keyword research. We still do, we do, you know, technical audits and all that good stuff, but the keyword research database, like my, my team knows that like they need to focus on that. And like, that's where they need to live for the first month to truly make sure we're not going to make mistakes. And it's like, I'm sure you've heard the quote, like from Abraham Lincoln, like if he's going to chop down a tree, he's going to spend the first seven hours sharpening Company. the ax, right? So yeah. it's the same exact thing with SEO. People just want to jump right in and start doing like, and I understand that taking action is the key to success in anything. But in this case, don't jump in too fast. You got to really make sure you're targeting the right stuff because it can be detrimental. It really can. And I'm speaking from experience, by the way, I've targeted keywords out of pure ego uh, as an SEO. I'm like, I could rank for that. No problem. And then, you know, a yeah. couple, you know, a year later, I'm like, man, I've invested like 20 grand in ranking for this keyword. I'm still like number seven. And it's just because mm. that, that gap is too big. I couldn't narrow that mm. gap. Um, and it's like, it's just not worth it at a certain point. I mean, 20 grand trying to rank for a keyword that I'm never going to rank for 20 grand into YouTube ads. I mean, like these are very, you know, I could get a lot more value from that than that. So it's just, yeah. you know, you got to be smart about these things. So, yeah. Then that's where you become a better business owner is, 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 um, resources low, low, you know, allocating your resources really. Absolutely. I want to come, huge. yeah, I want to come into say, say people have gotten a lot from their, from the keyword research, they're starting to increase their velocity They understand, you know, getting links to these pieces of content. Once we get these, once we've realized, all right, we've got a couple of good pieces of content ranking quite well, or we've just bought a website that already has, you know, some, the top 10 pages. How do you suggest people tracking these pages um, and their top rankings? Like what are some of the KPIs people should be looking for, for in terms of like their ranking position, uh, traffic? What are some of the other things? And, and these can move into monetization with affiliate income and ad, ad revenue and stuff like that. But are there some key KPIs that people should be tracking for their top pages so they don't, so they can maintain those, um, those results, I guess? Yeah, I mean, the, the pretty most, the most obvious KPIs in SEO, and I can only say like, as far as what we track, as far as clients go, um, and, and, you know, in our own businesses, but like, obviously individual keyword rankings is a good, a good thing to do. Uh, people will debate this, but ultimately like it's, it's a pretty tried and true method. You target a keyword, you put it into your rank tracker and you see the performance. Um, now, of course, it's not that clear because Google has all kinds of stuff going on in the SERPs. Uh, they have personalization, they have local personalization. Uh, you know, if you're logged in, you're going to see different results. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. So the rank trackers are not a hundred percent accurate, but they still give you a pretty good idea of where you are, uh, for that keyword. Now that's stage one. Stage two is total organic traffic inside Google analytics. To me, 
that is the most important because at the end of the day, like we're trying to grow traffic, right? And that's the most accurate tracking is Google Analytics um, as far as organic traffic goes. So you know, we're, those are two things. And then also Google Search Console is another one that we use just to see like broadly how we're doing as far as, um, and it's not super accurate in a lot of ways, but it still gives you a broad yeah. idea. Um, and it also allows you to look at CTR, which you can't get from anything else. So you can look at organic CTR. And if you're ranking for a keyword, let's say you're, you know, position, um, we actually do this in our audit. We find pages that have low CTR. Um, so we'll find, let's say you're ranking number three and your CTR is below 1%, something is wrong there, right? Because historically, if you look at CTR data for organic keywords, for informational keywords, uh, you know, you're going to be roughly 40% for number one, and then it gets chopped in half to like 20% for number two, and then maybe like 15% for number three on mm. average. Um, and also once again, going back to intent, it really changes depending on the intent, but let's say it's informational. Um, if you're getting less than 1%, you're ranking number three, something is wrong, right? Something is wrong with your copy. Something is wrong with your title. Something is, something is not appealing to that searcher for them to click on your result. Now it could also so be other be, variables. Because that should be, you should be technically getting anywhere from five to 15%, right? Yeah. So we're looking at pages that have like you know, really below average CTR and then yeah. attacking those. But tip, I mean, there's a lot of things that affect it. So of course, copywriting is a big one, but also just like, sometimes you'll go into a manual analysis in the search results. And you're like, oh, whoa, I didn't know there was a, an FAQ thing that's pushing us way down below the fold. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's other things that affect it that are outside of your control, but you know, that's another reason why Google search console is so important because you can run tests and see you know, uh, you know, you can run organic CTR tests with Google Search Console data, um, which is a really big deal. Now, there there are also other uh, SEO testing tools out there, um, but you can do it manually with Google Search Console. It's a little tedious, but um, but yeah. So checking, say we've got our top ten uh, articles that we want to ma maintain those rankings. So you'd be checking organic traffic through Google Analytics, and then using Google Search Console to check the CTR. Uh, and yes. then using the a, a rank checker to check their their rankings. Are they the three three main tools? And then also, are they the three main metrics you'd be looking at, or are there other things that are quite valuable to be tracking as well? Yeah, I mean those are those are important. Obviously, within Google Analytics, depending on the type of business, you probably be tracking goals too. So, but if it's yeah. like an affiliate website, it can be a little awkward because not really having any goals other than like outbound clicks. Um, mm -hmm. But depending on the business model, we'll be tracking things in there. Um, but the other thing we also like to track is either with SEMrush or Ahrefs is looking at, you know, the total or uh, the total link profile growth over time. So we want to see nice steady climb of, you know, the link profile growing over time. Also, another thing I like page. to see is just, yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah, each page and just generally the website as a whole. Um, I just want okay. to see that the domain itself is has steady growth. Um, that's mm -hmm. important because uh, we've actually seen a correlation to a decrease in link velocity and a decrease in performance. And yeah. my speculation is just that Google is saying, okay, well, yes, this website was popular at one point, but now it's not popular anymore. So now, mm -hmm. you know, that's because we're, if we're thinking of backlinks as votes that would fall in line with that, with that philosophy. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing we'll do with SEMrush and Ahrefs is we're looking at just the the total organic keyword footprint as well. So just seeing like, 
you know, if we have 10,000 keywords ranking in SEMrush in the top 100, we want to see that that's growing over time. You know, okay, now we're at 11,000 and then 15,000. Not necessarily the keywords in the top 10, but just like, is our, is our, uh, is our footprint growing? Because uh, that's a good sign. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. So much in that. I think we're going to have to get you back on for another discussion into one of these topics in, <laughs> in far more depth. I want to sure. ask you, because we talked about so many tools, um, what are your top two free SEO tools? And then what are your top two paid SEO tools that you would recommend to people? Ooh, top, uh, top free tools for SEO. Um, oh, top two. That's yeah. Top two for oh, each. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say if I if I had to pick, you know, if I had a gun to my head and I had to pick two, um, <laughs> first would be Screaming Frog SEO Spider would be number one uh, by far. I love that tool. I've been using it for, gosh, too long. <laughs> Let's just say that much. Uh, but it's yeah. like it is the key to running effective SEO audits, technical audits. Like it's this is the paid tool, critical. though, right? They have a free version and they have a paid version. Uh, okay. So the the free version basically just limits how many pages you can crawl. So, but it's I mean it's it's pretty affordable. I think it's like one hundred and fifty dollars a year. So it's okay. like you know it, it's it's a it's a good business investment. Um, mm -hmm. So that's the first one. Second one is a toss up because I would say you know either Semrush or Ahrefs. You you can't go wrong with either. Uh, you really can't. Semrush has Semrush has really upped their game. Uh, they've they've really really been working hard to compete with Ahrefs as far as on the SEO side. Um, so if you're looking for something that's a little more high powered and attacks a lot of different parts of the digital marketing process, then Semrush is probably a better option. If you're looking for something that's a little more easier, maybe to understand, maybe a little friendlier for just SEO, Ahrefs is probably better in that regard. Um, but as far as data goes on those two. It's, it's, it's a toss up. It's a toss up. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So they're your two paid ones, I guess you can use the free versions for each of those, I guess, but they're two free yeah. SEO tools that you would use. You would recommend. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously screaming frog is free. So, you know, technically yeah. that would be one of them, but, uh, also Sightliner, you know, Sightliner is hundred percent free. You can run a, a website through there, find all kinds of duplicate content, all kinds of content related issues. Uh, that's mm. one. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of free tools. I don't use many free tools, um, because the we, paid ones are so good. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. We use, uh, just for due diligence, we use Sightliner, um, Ahrefs, yeah. you can use SEMrush as well, but guys, Sightliner is, is, is very valuable. In fact, I have a due diligence framework. If anybody is listening and they're going to buy a site, make sure you get my due diligence framework because it has all these different links to free tools that you can use to check the website and the the seo profile of the website prior to buying it which is critical to due diligence which you mentioned yeah. before at the start of the episode as well nathan so guys thank you so much for listening nathan thank you so much for coming on where can we send people to check my out pleasure. more more of your uh, seo content uh you can go to gotchaseo.com obviously i have my blog there and you can learn there and i have my youtube channel uh just crossed a million views over there so there's a, a lot going on um and that's wow, yeah, kind of the, the video yeah thanks the uh a lot of video content as far as seo goes so you could you know, get a good education on seo just with my free content alone so cool yeah check it out guys that channel is valuable Everybody listening, thank you for listening. I want you to think of two to three people that either have a website or are about to have a website and understand that SEO is important. Please do them a massive, massive, massive favor 
and share this podcast episode with them. There's so much value in this. It helps them. It helps us. And it's going to be a win for all, for everybody. So please do them a massive favor and share this podcast episode with you, with them. And I'll speak to you guys on the next one.